Well, it might be really helpful if you've got a Bible nearby, you grab hold of it again, and you can turn uh, back to the page that our reading was from, on page 1126. Good news! Good news! Uh, Gareth is finally quiet. So that means we can just have a I think about what the Bible's uh, really saying. And have a look at that reading we had earlier. Uh, and let me ask you, just as we start, do you like going for a drive? Do you like driving around, whether you're a mum or a dad, driving the car, maybe you're younger and you just sit in the car? I quite like uh, going off exploring places. Except, except if you end up getting lost. Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to mums and dads? They've been driving somewhere and you suddenly get the feeling they don't know where they are. Perhaps you've not been concentrating and you miss some of the signs and you find yourself, uh, maybe you find yourself facing something like this. You ever had that? Uh, when you're in the car facing uh, a sign like that and you suddenly think, I've no idea where I am. Well, this book that we've been looking at over the summer, if you've been with us on Sunday mornings over the summer, this book we've been looking at, the book of Acts, has kind of involved all sorts of little journeys that have made up, I guess, one big journey throughout the whole book. If you've been watching for the signs as we've gone along, we shouldn't have got lost, and we should know what this book is all about. Actually, it's probably more accurate to say we should know who this book is all about. So when Gareth was saying, uh, this book's all about Rome. Well, that, that's kind of no entry at that point. That, that's slightly the wrong direction. Or, or Paul having a holiday, that, that's going in the wrong direction with this book. Or, or just seeing great buildings, you'd hit a no entry sign there. That's not really what it's about. Some of those things might have been in this book, but they're not really what it's all about. In fact, right at the start of the book, if you could remember weeks and weeks back, Luke, who wrote Acts, said this. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all about Jesus, all that Jesus began to do and teach. His first book was all about what Jesus began to do. This book, Acts, that we've been reading, is all about what Jesus continues to do. This is a book that's been about Jesus. That's the way this book goes. And Gareth, right at the end of this book, just so you're clear, uh, let me show you three things that Luke tells us uh, about Jesus. Here's the first thing. I might get Tim Cudmore. Why don't you come out and you can hold this up for us. You've got the worst job because you'll need to hold it up for the longest. Here's the first thing. Just one that Luke reminds us about Jesus. And it's this as we get to the end of the book. Jesus keeps his gracious promise to the world. Uh, the words at the end of verse 14 in our reading, when you read them, they don't seem that special at first. They, they were this, and so we came to Rome. You read that and you can think, well, that doesn't mean very much, does it? They, they just got to Rome. It's almost as interesting as me saying October the 3rd is a Friday this year. You might think, well, that's not very interesting, is it? But I've got a bit more information than you because October the 3rd is my birthday. So immediately that becomes a lot more interesting, doesn't it? I might want to book that Friday off work. I might want to get some balloons and a cake. I might want to have a party and invite you. All of a sudden, October the 3rd is much more interesting. Now you're all hoping, aren't you? You get invited uh, to my party. Well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and when you read in Acts, and so they came to Rome, 
It's special. Well, it's special because, uh, do you remember the memory verse Kate has been teaching us all through uh, the summer? Do you remember it? Let me see if I can. She's done this memory verse that's gone something like this. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's just a reminder. We're all going to do it now, so why don't we stand up, I think, to do it. Just have a bit of moving around. If you don't know it at all, just wave your arms around and everyone will think you're a genius at it. Let's see if we can get the the verse number, first of all, it's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Great, sit down. Kate will be very pleased. Well done. Great memories. That was a promise Jesus made right at the start of the book. He made that promise that the good news about him, the message, the message that he died on the cross and rose again, and that his death was like a swap. Um, Jesus uh, only ever did good things in his life. He always did what God wanted. But when he died, he swapped with us to call the punishment for every wrong thing we do and every wrong thing that we think. And for people who trust him, God forgives them because of Jesus. But more than just forgives them, because it's a swap, God treats them as if they've done all the good things Jesus has done. It was life for life. Innocent for guilty. Free for condemned. Sinless for sinful. Jesus for you and for me. That was a swap. And Jesus made a promise that he'd make sure the message about that good news was taken to everyone in the world. It seemed an outrageous promise. But the message about Jesus spread and spread and spread. There were people who tried to stop it, but it went to Jerusalem and then spread out to uh, Judea and then Samaria. And then it moved out further and further and further. For the Jewish people, Jerusalem was like the capital of the world. For everyone else at the time, Rome was the capital, I guess, of the ends of the earth. When you got to Rome, you had access to anywhere and everywhere. So when we read in this part of the Bible, and so we came to Rome, you understand now why that's special. The good news message about Jesus is out there for everyone to hear now, all the way to the ends of the earth, just like Jesus promised. Jesus has kept his gracious promise to the world. Some people want to know if God is real. Is there any evidence? They want God to prove himself. Well, look, we've got some proof from Jesus here. It isn't the only thing he's done to give you proof, but it is at least one of them. He appointed just 12 witnesses and kind of said, I'll show my power by making sure that through these men, my message gets out to the whole world. And he did it. Only God would be that powerful. Some people don't want to know if God is real. They kind of want to know, what is God like? They suspect that if he's real, he doesn't really care. 
Well, look, Jesus gives us some evidence that he does. It's not the only evidence, but it is some. See, in a world that's hostile to God, that opposes and dishonors him, God has committed himself to telling everyone how they can be forgiven through Jesus. Isn't that good? God cares about people. He wants his enemies to know him again. Well, that's the first thing. Jesus keeps his promise uh, to the world. Jason, why don't you come out? Look at this. They were friends at university and now they're sitting beside each other, friends at holding up signs at church. <laughs> here's, here's the second thing. Jesus is in control. He's in control even when things are tough. What do you put your confidence in? Let me ask mums and dads, when you're driving... Uh, what do you put your confidence in? Is it the navigational ability of your husband or your wife? Are you, are you happy for them to sit with a map and direct? Or, from past experiences, have you had them replaced with some satellite navigation? <laughs> that happened in your car? Is your confidence rooted firmly in the little voice that says, after 500 yards, turn left? Well, the journey through Acts has been a long one. The journey from Jerusalem to Rome has been tough. Uh, The Apostle Paul, even for him, taking the good news message around the world, it's been a tough journey that he's gone on. He was attacked. He was arrested, beaten up, arrested again. He faced assassination attempts. He's been shipwrecked. He was bitten by a poisonous snake. And yet, through it all, he kept going. On one occasion, get this, one occasion when he'd been arrested and thrown into a deep, dark dungeon... Uh, He baffled the prison guard because at midnight he started an improvised choir session singing praises to God. Why would he do that at midnight in a prison? See, no matter what was happening to him, Paul always seemed to feel secure, so secure that he was still joyful. The answer's been all through the book we've been reading this summer. And I always think that Luke makes a joke about it right in the last chapter. If your Bible's open in front of you, just look down at that verse 11 that James read for us earlier. And we read this. After three months, we put out to sea in a ship that had wintered in the island. It was an Alexandrian ship and the figurehead, uh, with the figurehead of the twin gods Castor and Pollux. They're strange names. Well, who were they? Well, Castor and Pollux, they were... They were the made-up Greek gods who were the gods of navigation. If you wanted to get somewhere safely, you were meant to put your confidence in them. You were meant to ask them. But if we've been reading through Acts, we all know that's a complete joke. Castor and Pollux aren't the ones doing the navigation. They aren't the ones in control of everything. No, it's, it's Jesus that's been in control all the way. Through the prisons and the storms, When things have been really tough, Jesus has been in control of everything. And Paul knows that. He knows that Jesus will keep all his promises. And no matter what happens, whether he lives or dies, because he's been forgiven, he knows he's totally secure because, well, Jesus is in control. And Jesus promised that the message about him would get all the way to Rome, and he's been in control all the way, even when it's been tough. And he's still in control today. So what difference should that make to us as a church family? Well, for one thing, it should teach us that we don't need to worry. You worry about things? If we're Christians, we really shouldn't need to worry. Jesus is in control of the whole world. 
Nothing will be able to stop his plans. No storms, no opposition, no wars will be able to stop him being in control. So we don't need to worry. Actually, I say we don't need to worry. That is, of course, if we're linking our lives to his promises. Now, Jesus isn't like a good luck charm on your life. You do what you want and he'll keep you safe. No, it doesn't work like that. But if the thing that gives us most joy is Jesus and what he's doing in and for the world, then we'll have the kind of joy that can keep going even when things are tough. See, mums and dads, that would be a good question to think about, wouldn't it? Are you helping your children as they grow up to grow up with confident joy? How will you do that? Well, you won't do it primarily by making sure they go to a good school or or learn to play musical instruments or or get them a car for their 17th birthday. They're all good things. But you'll do it primarily if you help them learn to live their lives in line with Jesus' promises. You'll do that if you teach them that Jesus is in control, even when things are tough. So keep trusting him. Your children ever come home from, from school frustrated and fed up? Things haven't gone their way? People have been mean to them. It would be good, wouldn't it, to make time to help them think through what it means, even in those situations, Jesus is in control. And the best thing to do is keep living for him. See, who are we encouraging each other to put our confidence in? If it's Jesus, then we'll notice it because we'll be joyful, even when things are tough. Well, here's the very last thing. Gareth, you come out. I'm afraid you don't have friends to sit beside. You can sit over here. Here's the last one. Jesus is the Lord. Everyone needs to obey. Again, if you've got the Bible open in front of you, just look at those last two verses from the book of Acts. This is how Luke ends it. He says this, For, for two whole years Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people are useless at giving directions, aren't they? You you ask them for directions uh, somewhere and they're hopeless. They explain it in such a complicated way, you're all over the place. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, is much better at directions. And he gives us directions for life. And they're really straightforward. It's all explained in the message Paul preached and taught about. You see verse 31? Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God. And life is all about God's kingdom, whether you're in it or not. That's where you find real life. And the one who's in charge in God's kingdom, well, Paul told people, the one who's the Lord in God's kingdom is Jesus. Jesus is the Lord. If we want to be in God's kingdom, then we need to obey Jesus. Obey him when he says we need to trust him for forgiveness. There are no alternative routes. There's no other way you can go, which means it's really straightforward. You won't get lost if you want to obey and trust Jesus. And you see what Luke tells us about Paul in verse 30. For two years, Paul welcomed all who came to see him. It's what we've been hearing about all the way through Acts. And this message is for everyone, whether you're young or old, whether you come from a different country in the world, whether you've, you've believed a different religion, or whether you believe no religion at all, Jesus is the Lord 
that we all need to obey. This message is for everyone. And can I say, if you're a visitor with us this morning, uh, that's why we really want to welcome you. It's because Jesus wants you to know him and be forgiven. And it's a reminder for us as a church family, whatever we do during the week, whether we're at work, whether we're at school, whether we're at home, whether we're with our friends, we need to welcome people and tell them the good news about Jesus. The good news that, well, Jesus keeps his promises so we can always trust him. Jesus is always in control so we don't need to worry. And Jesus is the Lord so we must welcome and tell everyone. Thanks very much for listening. We're going to stop now. These guys can sit down. And Richard and Robin Atkinson are going to lead us in some family time prayers. So as they come up, let's pray together.